Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes to Change the World, where in 15 minutes you can learn a bit more about the world and how you can help change it. My name is Lama Al-Safi, host of this podcast. COVID-19 has had drastic effects on the day-to-day lives of Canadians. We continue to adjust to our new normal as some services start to reopen and as we work to ensure the safety of friends, families, essential workers, and the Canadian public. COVID-19 affects us all, but not equally. In crowded refugee camps for refugees or internally displaced persons, self-isolation and physical distancing are nearly impossible. The risk of exposure to COVID-19 is increased in these environments where overcrowding, a lack of health infrastructure, and poor sanitary conditions increases infectious disease risks. Our guests today are Najiba Wazfadost and Barbara Romero, two of the five co-founders of Global Independent Refugee Women Leaders, GIRL. GIRL is a group of refugee women-led initiatives, networks, and advocates that work with and for refugee women. Thank you so much, Ndiba and Barbara, for joining us and for taking the time to speak with us today. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lama. It's a pleasure to join you. Thank you very much for inviting us. Thank you very much, Lama, for having us. We are very thrilled to be part of this podcast. Barbara and Ndiba, can you tell us a bit more about your background and and how you became advocates in the space? I'm a psychologist, I'm Salvadoran woman. I have worked in women's rights since the year 2006. My platforms mostly have been on women's rights, LGBTI population, and social inclusion. I began to work on migrants and internal mobilization people in El Salvador in the year around 2017-18, but since I had to flee away from my country, I had to become myself a refugee. In the year 2018, I began to understand a little bit more about the diverse realities and this another layer of vulnerability that women might face when they are going to a new place and starting a new life. Here I am um, starting over and trying for the rest of my colleagues and women all over the world to have a voice on their own. I actually came to Australia as a refugee as well when I was um, almost 11 years old. I left my country, Afghanistan, um, due to decades of war and conflict and persecution. I was a prisoner of my own sex. I have had very limited rights to my basic needs, which included, more importantly, the education. I always had a dream to be able to go to school and to be able to graduate and become something, an independent woman of my own. 
but these were all faraway dreams to achieve for me while I was in Afghanistan. And it basically left us with no choice than seeking asylum and coming to Australia by boat. We went through a very dreadful journey, just like many other asylum seekers. We actually had to travel from country to country, uh, sometimes by barefoot, sometimes during the night. We then eventually arrived. So my own personal journey as a refugee and the sufferings that I experienced back in my own home country all basically pushed me not only to advocate for my own people, but also to understand how I could integrate my own journey and try to become a voice for the voiceless people. I could see that not everybody could understand the circumstances and the situation that refugees were fleeing from. And as I start advocating, I started to realize how important it is to share my story and to go beyond storytelling. And that's when I started to enter into a real advocacy world and uh, try to work and come together with other refugee women activists and advocates and community organizers. We, we do see symptoms of a broken system. More and more people are forced to leave their homes due to conflict, persecution, violence, state failure, climate change, and environmental degradation. These are the reasons that it made me to become an advocate, not only to talk and to bring my own story, but also to amplify on the voices of the unheard voices Barbara and Najiva, can you, can you tell us about GIRL, the organization that you're representing today and, and how it came to be? I think um, the most important reason that we actually have initiated or formed GIRL is because we saw a clear absence of refugee women representation and a refugee women participation in many of decision-making forums that we were actually trying to appear and advocate. We wanted to be in the room. We wanted to be part of the policy discussion. We wanted to be making an impact meaningful refugee women participation in refugee policy making we wanted we wanted this to be the norm not the exception there was a clear need for women to come together under an umbrella network under a platform where we could share our common vision where we could share our common issues as well as common solutions and learn from one another we want girl to be a platform not just for our own journeys as najiva shared but for others other women from all ages, all realities, to have the platform to have their voices and their stories heard. So how can we ensure that uh, women's participation and especially refugee women's participation is more active and visible in the policymaking space? I think that it's important to create spaces for women to become empowered or their own voices of their own stories. Women usually are told that they are, since they are the ones staying home, since they are the ones taking care of people, that the other, the counterpart, the other one is the one that needs to talk. In this crisis, in this emergency, the truth is that according to United Nations, around 70% of caregivers are women. And we are not involving enough women to have their voices heard in how the pandemic can be attended. And the realities that they are facing is that if they are frontline, who is taking care of the rest of their families? We are not taking care of these women completely. We need to understand the realities of women are not the same realities as men. We need to give them the voices. We need to give them the spaces. And we need to make them participant in all the decision-making process in all the stages the community base, but also the political decisions. 
I wonder if you can tell us a bit about how refugee communities are being impacted by COVID-19 and what are the risks that they, that they face that we might not be hearing about in the media? We regularly communicate and consult with grassroots refugee organizations, including women and girls. We hear continuously, you know, that unfortunately there is lack of resources and emergency aid support on the ground in response to COVID-19. Not necessarily all the national health response plans are actually including refugee women within the response. We've heard from a lot of undocumented refugee women how they're not part of the national health response plan and they haven't been able to actually access any health or any medical support. We continuously hear about the distress and the anxiety and the mental trauma that women are going as a result of self-isolation, as a result of the lose of employment. We hear a lot around the, the suspension of education on their children. In some places, there's lack of information around prevention and infection control. The language barrier is, is, a, is playing a very big role in the response of COVID-19 because people are not aware of a lot of the measures. In a lot of the refugee camps, because of the try to protect what is getting into the camps, a lot of the support that some NGOs or other entities are bringing to the camps has been stopped. And people are in need of this kind of support because the ones that are provided by the centers itself are not enough. The gender-based violence, it's considered the pandemic within the pandemic and it's not taken care of enough not in the centers not outside of the centers and it's very important to reorganize these shelters and these services also it's very important to acknowledge that when a pandemic is on and this is not an exception a lot of the medical services that have been caught are related to women for instance they were related to sexual and reproductive health and rights a preconception, all the services in a lot of centers and in a lot of shelters have been stopped and it is very important to embrace them back again. Barbara, can you tell us a bit more about this? What, what are the risks associated with cutting off these services? Young women and, and girls as well that are in need to have this protection, it's in terms of empowerment that women finally are getting this kind of system of sexual and reproductive health on their own hands. A lot of the times in a lot of cultures, in a lot of countries, women don't have this power. When women finally have the power to negotiate how many kids do they want to have, how many years in space between one kid and the other they want to have for the respect of their own bodies as well, it's a win. We really embrace that empowerment of women but when these services are stopped they are taken back this power and this is very important to put back in place what are governments and organizations doing now that they could be doing better to support refugee women around the world and to protect them from COVID-19 I think some of the things we have been sharing already are very important focal points that we as girls are embracing uh, the proper information, the empowerment, their participation in different stages. Some governments are doing more than others. We cannot make a generalization. As you may understand, the world is very vast and COVID-19 has touched in some way or another every single part of the globe. But it's important that the government in the urgency of the response do not ever forget the importance of taking women's voices 
in consideration when designing the protocols and the strategies to respond to COVID-19. It's so important for governments and states to understand that access to health should be a primary support, not only for the citizens, but for refugees and asylum seekers and and undocumented because COVID-19 doesn't discriminate. The other aspect which we have been advocating to states and governments that the closure of borders is not really the solution. We have more than thousands and millions of refugee women and girls that are still waiting on the other end to be resettled into countries. And we've heard how resettlement has been also suspended. So I think it's really important for governments to consider opening the borders to the most vulnerable people in need. How can someone who's listening at home right now or in their car take action? What are some tangible things that they can do to create positive change in this space? The first thing that I would like to invite you to do is to rethink all your conceptions of what a refugee is, of what a refugee woman is, because we are as diverse as the rest of people that you have known in your whole life. It just happened that we needed to flee our countries, our lands, our umbilical cords because out of safety and otherwise we probably wouldn't be alive. I will invite you to look for organizations, refugee-based organizations or organizations who work with refugee people all over the world and look at what they are doing, look at how they are contributing and try to enroll with one of them in the way you can possibly do it with the resources that you can possibly do it sometimes are material, but sometimes they can be technical or translating documents, information, whatever you can do, everything is welcome because we need to embrace the reality that we are a global citizenship and we are citizenships of the world and we have to do this together. When the world is a better place for all of us, then it's a world worth living in. Thank you so much to, to both of you for, for joining us today. We're so grateful to have the opportunity to, to learn from you and, and to listen. And thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having us, Lama. Thank you, Lama. And thank you to, to all of our listeners for tuning in. As always, you can stay up to date on our newest episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World on Spotify and iTunes. <laughs>